Hello and welcome to the latest We Are Guernsey podcast, where we discuss the latest developments within Guernsey's financial services industry. For those of you who don't know, Guernsey's a leading global finance centre of substance, stability and security, committed to the cause of green and sustainable finance. My name is Rosie Alsop. I am Communications Director at We Are Guernsey. That's the brand under which Guernsey Finance promotes the island of Guernsey's specialist financial services sector in its respective chosen markets. Today's podcast forms part of a series leading into the Guernsey Funds Forum 2021. Titled Building Tomorrow, the forum will explore the question of how to create a better future. The event promises to provide insightful discussion around current trends, including the view of policymakers and experts from across the financial services spectrum. I'm delighted to welcome today's guests, Nick Vermeulen and Leila Yildirim. Nick's a partner and tech innovation leader for the professional service firm PwC Channel Islands. Leila is chief strategy officer at PwC Channel Islands. Nick and Leila are here today to discuss their paper titled Upskilling the Channel Islands Workforce for a Digital World. The topics covered by the paper tie in closely with the theme of building tomorrow and includes a view of how Channel Islands might look with the growing use of artificial intelligence and machine learning. As I mentioned briefly already, the podcast is part of a preview for the Funds Forum, which takes place on the 29th of November in London. And you can find out more about that event, including how you can join us through our website, wearegernsey.com. So without further ado, on to our discussion with Nick and Leila. Welcome to you both, and thank you so much for joining me today. Before we start, I thought it might be helpful for the listeners to find out a little bit more about you both. Can I start with you, Nick? Thanks, Rosie. Yes, um, I, as you mentioned, I lead on technology and innovation for the PwC firm in, in, in the Channel Islands. Uh, my background is I did a degree in computer science at Manchester University, and I worked in that IT space before deciding to uh, return home. Uh, home is Guern- obviously Guernsey. Uh, and I joined the firm um, in about '94, so I've been with the with the firm for a, a number of years. Trained as an accountant, so I'm I'm a, a mix of IT and accounting, which is quite unusual. Leila, do you want to give us a bit of your background? Hello, Rosie. Great to be here. Um, I spent 20 years of my career driving business change and transformation, um, and I've written many reports and conducted research on the future of work topics. Four years. I took on the role as head of strategy for PPC in the Channel Islands. Thank you both. So let's talk about your paper, Upskilling the Channel Islands Workforce for a Digital World. Why is PwC interested in this? Um, Maybe we can start off from a global level before talking a little bit more in detail about how it could impact on the Channel Islands. Um, Leila, can I start with you, please? So look, Technology is bringing about the biggest workplace transformation of our age. We're in this fourth industrial revolution and technology is a major disruptor um, to our world and to the world of business. And there's high potential and opportunity for growth as a result, but there's also risk of societal divide and for some people to be left behind. Um, So we wanted to look at how automation and artificial intelligence 
uh, were going to impact Guernsey and Jersey. And one of the main things we found when we conducted our research is that we believe 30% of jobs were at risk between now and 2035 of disappearing um, as an impact uh, of, of technology and technology change. One of the other findings is that we think the financial services sector is one of those most likely to be at risk too. So pretty significant consequences for the islands, but also we think potential and an upside if we're able to um, get ahead of this and you know, we could position the islands as a, a center for technology and innovation if we got our act together. That's really interesting and thank you. That's a, a really useful scene setter. Um, now I noticed that the report was published in July 2020. What's changed since then? So we've seen the pace of technology adoption accelerate at super fast speeds as a result of the pandemic because companies were forced to adopt new ways to work and do business, frankly, in order to survive. So what we saw in that time period was probably five years worth of change happening in a very compressed time frame of around 12 months. And it's fair to say companies locally have seen huge benefits that digitalization can bring to their business. And I think even many were surprised at how quickly the workforce stepped up and adapted. Yeah, I think you're right. That's fascinating, though. Five years worth of change in 12 months in, in what is already a very pacey um, uh, time for us all. So you mentioned that COVID was an accelerator for firms to review their use of technology. Can you elaborate a little bit more on this? Yeah, I think it's really interesting if you, if you look at how people have had to interact, you know, everyone working from home, no one able to go in to see anyone in the office. If you just if you just take a look at, you know, onboarding a new client for, as a good example, um, historically, when you when you did that process, you, you would have probably done that face to face. You'd have collected some documents. You might have scanned them and put them on a file somewhere. <clears throat> None of that's been possible. So, you know, having a remote relationship where you actually engage with the client uh, over you know a video conference, for example, uh, has become the norm. And you know, so on onboarding a, a new client, you, you've seen a number of uh, you know things come through. You know, just even within my own bank, you know, the, the way they're actually now interacting with with me and doing dual factor authentication, where they're you know making certain that I confirm that I've just asked for a payment, and then um, you know they're actually forcing me to go back into their banking app and actually you know, approve that application is completely changed how people work. And, and the, the reason for that is because they wanted to make certain that you know, those payment instructions were coming from the right person and they were secure. So they looked at new ways of working and you, you just see it now, you know, and you know, I use NatWest, for example, but you know, they are actually now asking me to actually video my face to actually prove it's me. Uh, that wasn't happening five years ago. Um, they probably weren't even thinking about it uh, before the pandemic, but they definitely thought about it afterwards because they needed a new way of engaging. So these are some of the things that you, you actually just see coming through and, you know, new way of working um, has accelerated that and shrunk the world is my, my opinion. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, um, what's that expression about necessity being the mother of invention? Yeah, yeah. yeah and don't miss, a, don't miss a crisis to make change is the other one. <laughs> yeah. So um, are employees looking beyond remuneration and perks when they're considering employers, would you say? 
Yeah, well, look, the good news is I think workers are very keen and willing to invest time to develop new skills and training and development opportunities are consistently cited by workers as a key attraction in potential employers. Um, so it can be a really good way to attract and keep talent. Um, and, you know, young people coming into the world of work really expect their employer to have the right digital tools, the hardware, the processes to work effectively. I mean, who wants to work for a business that's still largely paper-based? That's just not what young people are used to these days. Um, but apart from that, I think the flexibility that technology can bring has been a tremendous upside for employees um, who are really enjoying that ability to work remotely and in a much more uh, flexible way than they have in the past. You know, nine to five in the office um, is dead and firms that are still expecting their staff to spend all their time in the office are going to need a very compelling reason to mandate that, or they're simply going to find that their, their staff decide to vote with their feet. And that's really interesting. Actually, Nick, if I just come back to you for a moment, you talked about the need for upskilling. Why do you think it's important for firms to upskill their workforce? Oh, I, mean, I, I just think there's a complete war for talent, you know. It, it, it doesn't matter what, what area you're looking at, you know, technical IT people, you know, people who are very good on finance and, and the business side. And you know, th there is a war for talent out there. There is a limited talent pool. Uh, you know, the, the, the populations that we've got in the islands, you, you see a shrinking you know, workforce, you know, as you've got an aging population. That, that gives us um, you know, a number of challenges. Can you actually take those individuals that um, you know, are currently outside of work or, you know, feel that they, they, they don't want to be part of work anymore or they're looking at their retirement. Can you upskill them uh, so you actually can bring them bring them through and back into the world of work? Um, because, you know, some people will feel, you know, that, you know, technology has passed them by and, and that they, they, they therefore, you know, can't engage in, in, in the way that they, they historically might have been able to. And you lose a lot of talent if you don't engage with that, that pool. Similarly, bringing, as Leila mentioned, making certain you, we actually bring our junior members of staff actually through is really important. Um, they want to work in a new way. You have to train them in, uh, you know, different things. Okay, how to do this, you know, securely, how to use technology securely, what should you do, you know, what you can't do with technology, you know, what data should you be able to share. And it's, it's important, um, you know, the, the cost of actually you know, recruiting someone new into a business is really expensive, not just the recruitment cost, but the training time that you actually spend once you've brought them in. So can you can you take someone who's already with you that you know and trust and, you know, upskill them in such a way that they're actually fit for the future and don't get left behind by the changes in technology? Um, I think it's, you know, something that you, you just you just have to do as, a, you know, as an employer, um, make certain your staff are actually, you know, got all the skills that are going to be relevant for the future and, and that's part of uh, what they expect as a career now so it's uh, if you're not doing it I think um, you, 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 you will lose lose good staff I think. Well I think to, just to add to Nick's point there is you know this is not a problem that we can hire our way out of um, because demand for these skills exists everywhere so you know in every part of the world people uh, businesses are looking for people that are, you know, uh, ready and agile enough to work in this digital world, um, so you know, it just makes far more sense to upskill the employees that you already have, who know your business, who know your clients, who know the way you work, and who, um, you know, are already familiar with the culture in which you operate. 
giving them the new skills and capabilities to do their jobs even better than they're doing today is a no-brainer, I think. Yeah, I would agree with that. Sorry, Nick, you were going to jump in. Yeah, and I, I think I think you know the world the world has shrunk. You can you can work on anything in, from any location in the world now. We we've proved that by you know working from home, working remotely. Um, so so we need to recognise that we're actually competing on a on a global scale stage now. Um, you know, and, and so you know if if you if you look at um, you know the capabilities that you've got, that, that gives you an opportunity. If you're willing to go out and, and operate on that global stage, the fact that you know AML really well means that you can actually operate from from the islands and do you know something really really fantastic in that space. But but equally, you you are competing with other people in 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 you know other locations now because geographical boundaries are completely um, meaningless. And you know we we know that uh, you can achieve a lot by remote working. Um, in fact, you can actually achieve some things more easily, um, you know, because you can have a disparate team across, you know, multiple time zones, for example, and you can solve a problem that historically might have taken you two days. You might be able to solve it in, in eight hours because, you know, you work around the sun and uh, you, you solve the client problem more quickly. So, you know, I think what we need to be conscious of is that we are actually, you know, competing on, on that global stage. and. You know, we're, we are going to be competing with a number of individuals who we, who we will never know and aren't in our geographic region for, for jobs in the future. So and if being important and being able to engage in, in the way we're talking about, you know, using technology is, is, is going to be vital going forward. I think you're right. Now, so far, we've um, talked around the need for upskilling the workforce. What are the other findings from the paper? Leila, would you like to kick off with that one? So one of the things we found, Rosie, was that Guernsey has quite a high number of non-employed women and older people that we could be utilising. So these are people that, for a whole variety of reasons, um, are not currently in the workforce and had have opted out of work. Um, but uh, you know, we think this is a wholly untapped talent pool that, with the right upskilling opportunities and incentives could be persuaded back into the world of work and really add exponential boost to our economy. Um, and, you know, if, if we compare those numbers across OECD countries, um, you, know, you know, it really is the case that Guernsey has you know, a bigger proportion um, of these kind of non-employed talents um, than, than other places around the world. I just think that's you know, a real a real missed opportunity. So how can we coax those people back into the world of work? That's absolutely fascinating. And that's something that I certainly didn't know about. Um, so it sounds like there's a need for policymakers to encourage those who currently aren't working uh, to come into the workforce, uh, you know, whether that's for the first time or whether they're rejoining um, in terms of outlook. Do you think there's an opportunity for Guernsey to expand its offering through the avenues that you both mentioned previously, Nick? Yeah, I, I think there are, there is. You know, there, there's um, as I said already, there's a, there's an aging population on the islands, and um, you know, I, I think you know some of those that population could be tempted back into work, but you know, because you know that they, they I, I speak to my own parents who are retired, and, and the last thing they want to do is not use their brain and and uh, you know their collective collective knowledge, so that they they continue doing doing things in their in their own way. But I but I think you you can you, you should be encouraging people to actually want to, to continue to contribute to society, and you know what one of the ways that that, that you can get that uh, contribution is by 
you know, getting them to coach, you know, younger members of staff with the knowledge they've actually got. Um, but there might be a reticence to actually come back into the world of work because they, you know, feel that they are now behind on, on you know, how the, the IT would work, you know, the mobile phones, how, how, how that all works. And, and so if there's a reticence, we need to actually take that away because I think there is a lot of knowledge in, 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 in that area of, the, of, 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 of our society that we, we should be tapping into. Um, you know, Layla mentioned it, encouraging you know um, people who have you know got, got children to come back into the to the world of work. Again, remote working has, has made it possible to actually juggle you know uh, your work um, life and actually get get the balance that most people are actually looking for. Um, and, and and I think that's fantastic. And I think if we don't um, make use of that that resource that we've actually got on on the island. Then, uh, then we'll fail to, uh, you know, grow in the ways that we should we should do in the future. So I think there is there is a lot to encourage people to come back, um, but it's the matter of giving them the confidence that they, you know, their employer will make certain that they're upskilled um, in such a way that they feel comfortable and confident in using the technology that they they will have to uh, when they rejoin the world of work. I think you're right, and I, th I think there's probably people out there who would really like to work, but because you know the standard nine to five, as you mentioned, doesn't fit in with you know dropping the children off at school or picking them up, or you know those kind of um, responsibilities as well. That the two seem, um, you know, you can't have one without the other. So, uh, I suppose lastly, um, what are the recommendations from the paper going forward for for Guernsey, Nick? Um, I think that you know there's there's lots that we can all we can all do. I think um, at the governmental level, um, you know, encouraging people to uh, you know look at what they're doing within their own businesses and 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 assisting uh, you know the, the skills skills agenda is important. If you talk to the to the states of uh, Guernsey, they're definitely looking at um, looking at that sector and you know the deputies that are, are pushing to to bring that thing that that all through. I think that that's that's really important. Um, and I just think it's a, you know collaborating. We've we've got some great educational institutions across the, across the islands operating. You know, does you know the GTA College of Further Education, e even the U3A does stuff in the in the technology space, which is really important um, to make sure that everyone's able to 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 um, you know uh, come through come through that. And I think that the the, the role that um, the likes of the uh, the Digital Greenhouse and, and Lucy Kirby and the team there have, have actually done is, is fantastic in actually getting everyone to have a location where they can come and talk about these things because I think that's really important. There's a number of people that you know uh, are using that space of, as their main work area, and it, and it's and it's and it's great to see. Uh, and I think that um, encouraging more more people to engage with with that initiative would be really really um really interesting because it's by collaborating and actually looking at what other people are doing that you can learn new tricks that you can then deploy yourself. Leila, have you got any ideas about what businesses should be doing? Well, I think from a business perspective, uh, you know, every business on the island really should be thinking about how, how technology um, can impact and improve their organisation and how it may already be impacting their sector. Um, find ways to be more agile, find ways to be more um, efficient, use technology, artificial uh, intelligence across the business. And our sense is that, you know, in many respects, the financial services sector is a little bit behind in that. And there's definitely more to be done. 
I think once you've done that, you can start to then create a sort of vision of what your business is going to look like in five years time, um, you know, once it's been really tech enabled. And then from that, it will help you really think about, well, what's my workforce plan? You know, what do I need in my workforce in order to deliver that model of the future? And what skills am I going to need in it in order to do that? You know, once you've got that clear, you can then look at today's workforce and what's the gap between the two. So how can I start upskilling um, the employees that I've already got to be to be ready for that future that we've talked about? Um, now, one of the things that we found are really important is that you try and encourage that sort of learning culture within your business. Um, you know, that sort of that that idea of continually learning throughout your career we think is really fundamental to success. And don't expect your employees to have to fit in their learning in their spare time. You've got to factor that into the working day. And I know, you know some businesses on the island are doing sort of learning Fridays or, or Tech Tuesdays, where they're actually allowing staff to kind of dedicate um, number of hours every week to their digital upskilling. And that's what we did done in PwC as well. So I, I think those are the things um, you know, businesses really need to be focused on if they want to stay ahead. And I think the um, at the education level, I think it's really important that there's, there's education within within businesses, and that's that, that's that's great for those who are already in work. Um, you know, I think that at the, I reflect back on on you know the the my IT career um, and how that started. I, I didn't do computing until I went to to university, and I almost study economics, and I'm I'm really grateful that I studied computer science. Um, I had a conversation with my parents about what I was doing, and they were like, "Well, you you you're starting from nothing, from going, and you're doing a degree in it." Um, and when we looked at that, um, we we basically said to ourselves, "Well, why why is that? You know, 20, 30 years later, that this seems to be almost the same thing." And I was talking to my my children about the the, the IT um, education they were getting, and when we realised that um, it, we needed to do something at the grassroots level, so we 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 actually started um, a program we called HiFAC. Um, my wife's also a teacher and, and the reason for that is that at the primary school level we recognised that the teachers weren't actually comfortable actually teaching IT because they didn't feel they knew enough of it so um, what we've actually done with that programme is actually you know, build a set of materials that the teachers can, can pick up, um, assist them in the delivery of those materials so they become more comfortable actually teaching this to the children um, because I really do think that this, uh, this, this all starts at the foundational level to uh, to enable you to have the workforce of the future that's actually got the relevant um, the knowledge and experience, uh, you know, to, to actually drive drive the islands forwards and actually make certain we're actually using technology in an appropriate way. Um, so I think that there's uh, across governments, business and education establishments, there's there's lots we can do. Layla, did you have anything else? Well, look. Nick, I know you agree that none of us can sit here and predict what technology we're going to be using in 10 years time. But if we foster a culture across the island uh, and a, a workforce and you know young people who are comfortable with um, and understand the potential of technology, it's going to put us in a fantastic place. I think that's absolutely correct. And I'm fascinated to know more about HiveHack. Is there a website that people can go to, Nick? Yeah, there's um, there's a uh, lots of materials that uh, are, are on um, on our website. If if they contact uh, Layla or myself, um, we we will actually put them in, in contact with the team. 
Um, we, we've actually gone through um, on the islands. We've actually gone through Victor Lane, who who runs uh, the the IT program for for the educational part. So um, yeah, if there's any parents out there that want to know a bit more about it, so they can encourage their their children to actually engage with that, um, please just point them in our direction. That's a great initiative. Uh, and a great conversation as well, but I'm afraid that's all we have time for today. I would like to thank our guests, Nick Vermeulen and Leila Yildirim for an excellent conversation. Thank you both so much. It's been great to talk about the need for organisations to upskill their task forces to prepare better for tomorrow. Um, I am particularly intrigued around the role that policyholders can play to encourage those who are currently uh, to, to retrain and rejoin the workforce, uh, policy makers rather, not policy holders. So to find out more about Guernsey and its financial services sector, you can visit weareguernsey.com where you will find everything from the latest news to informative literature, as well as our on-demand section where uh, there's a, a, an extensive back catalogue of podcasts uh, and interviews uh, you can also discover why we're a leading centre of green and sustainable finance for our sister podcast, the Guernsey Green Finance Podcast, which was recently rated in the top 10 green podcasts of the world by the Green Finance Guide. You can check out both of those channels by searching for them wherever you get your podcasts. And if you think uh, Guernsey is the jurisdiction for you, you can find Guernsey-based fund service providers on the business directory of our website, where you can contact a member of our business development team. And we'd love to hear your feedback. You can get in touch with us via Twitter at We Are Guernsey. We've also got links to Nick and Leila alongside PwC's social media in our show notes. So check those out to hear more from them. That's all for now. We'll be back soon with another edition of the We Are Guernsey podcast. For now, it's goodbye from Guernsey.